0: Before I get to my next guest, Scott Verplank, I want to remind you about a couple of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Two Under. Two Under Men's Performance Briefs have just released their new Spring and Summer 22 collections, with fun, new, and exciting prints like the Freedom 2 and 3, Santa Fe, Tigers, Zebras, and Duckies, and their new exclusive Folds of Honor collection, where they donate 20% of all Folds of Honor sales proceeds to that cause. UNDR.com. Two Under Performance in Your Pants. Use code NEXTT20 that's N X T T E E 20 for a 20% discount on the Two Under website. Also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret the pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus4 technology is designed with four additional layers which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play plus four and release the secret the pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet, the winningest grip on Tour. Grip confidence, grip golf pride. Okay, now back in next on the tee with me is Champions Tour pro Scott Verplank. Let me remind you about Scott's background. He's from Dallas, Texas and played his college golf at Oklahoma State. Whereas a freshman, he was a member of their 1983 National Championship team, and he finished tied for second individually. That year, Scott was named a second-team All-American. He would go on to be named a first-team All-American each of his next three seasons. Scott won the Big 8 Championship in 1984. He also won the Western Amateur Championship and the U.S. Amateur Championship that year as well. Scott was a member of the victorious 1985 U.S. Walker Cup team. He finished that event 3-0-1, and including defeating Colin Montgomery 1-Up in the singles matches. 1986 was a huge year for Scott. He was named the Big 8 Athlete of the Year, the National Player of the Year, and he won the NCAA National Championship. He also became the only senior in Oklahoma State history to win four tournaments in one season. He was also the first NCAA champion to be named Academic All-American, which he did in back-to-back years in 1985 and 86. He also turned pro after graduating in 86. Scott won five times on the PGA Tour, including winning the 1985 Western Open as an amateur while he was still at Oklahoma State. He was a member of two Ryder Cup teams. He has top 10 finishes in all four majors. He was named the PGA Tour Comeback Player of the Year in 1998. You can see Scott now playing out on the Champions Tour, and I'm very excited. He is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Scott, thanks for coming back on the show.
1: Uh, You bet, Chris. I'm happy to be here.
0: Scott, as we look ahead to next week's PGA Championship at Southern Hills, you finished tied for ninth when the PGA was held there back in 2007. You guys played there last year for the Senior PGA Championship, but looking at that '07 PGA. You're right there with Tiger after 36 holes. The tournament back then was played in mid-August, and the heat was brutal. I was reading, averaging about 100 degrees each day. What do you remember about surviving that 2007 PGA?
1: Yeah, um, survival is the right word. It was it was brutal. It was obviously in August. Uh, very little wind blowing. Really. Hot, you know, like I said, a hundred degrees. Um, it, it was incredible. It was, uh, spectators were going down left and right, which was sad, but it was what was going on. Um, it was, I mean, it was a tough, tough week. Um, and you know what? This coming week, uh, the weather should be quite a bit more palatable. Um, probably be in the eighties. And the golf course will still be hard, but it, but it won't be because of the sweltering heat.
0: How'd you keep yourself hydrated during that tournament and, you know, keep your body right so you can at least stay focused from shot to shot and not focus on the heat that was bearing down on you?
1: Well, listen, when it's like that, um, anything you do is not enough. I mean, to be honest with you. <laughs> um it just it was just so hot you just drink as much water as you can um, i learned a little trick you put an ice cube underneath your hat on top of your head <laughs> you know when you you have they got coolers with water in them and stuff on every tee, and you grab a little ice cube and stick it on top of your head put it underneath your hat and that kind of it melts by the time you get to the green or whatever but that kind of do anything you can do to stay cool um, and keep your focus is the only thing that that really matters. Um I kind I do remember I kind of ran out of gas, to be honest with you. I mean, I played pretty well um overall, but it just it was grueling. And, you know, the best athlete, guy who was most prepared for it won the tournament, um which was the case to quite a bit back in those days. Um yeah, it was it was brutal.
0: What was it like for you being paired with Tiger
1: in a major? Oh, it was great. It was actually kind of funny because, you know, Tiger, um, Tiger's Tiger. And, and, his, you know, and his, even today, but, you know, in his heyday, you know, there'd be thousands of people out there, you know, dressed in red or, you know, souped up in Tiger stuff and, you know, we teed off, we were laughed off on Saturday and it was kind of funny because, you know, I went to Oklahoma State. Tulsa is a big Oklahoma State city and we were walking off the first tee and all the people in red were on the left side of the fairway and all the people on the right side of the fairway were in orange and we were walking off the tee kind of laughing. I said, Hey man, what's it like to only have half the people pulling for you? <laughs> um, and we kind of laughed, you know, I mean, it was so loud. It was incredible. Um, but obviously he went on and played great, won the tournament. Um, but it was, it was, it was great. There'll be a, you know, there's a bunch of Oklahoma State guys, uh, six or eight of them that are in the tournament this week. So it'll be a huge, uh, orange present, you know, present again at Southern Hills. Um, and it, it was fun. I mean, Southern Hills is such a great golf course, an iconic place, and I think it'll be, uh, I think we got a great break. The weather's going to be really good, it looks like, and the golf course is going to barely make it into supreme condition, but it'll be it'll be great. How does
0: Southern Hills compare to walking Augusta National? Because I've heard it's either on par or maybe even a little bit of a harder walk than Augusta National is.
1: Well, you know, the big there's a big ridge that runs through the property and that's where the first tee is and the tenth tee and then uh, a few of the greens, but uh, there's, there's not many places in all honesty, uh, that compare to walking Augusta. Just the, the hills, if you've never been there, I'm sure you have, but, uh, you listeners, if you've never been there, television doesn't do it justice with how hilly it is and how tough a walk it is. But, um, you know, in, in Tiger's case, I was actually there, uh, about 10 or t- 10 or about 12 days ago, um, preparing for television stuff, and it was the day that Tiger was there. And, you know, he he walked, um, and, you know, it's amazing that he is walking and playing, but it'll be a little bit easier walk than Augusta National.
0: God, like I mentioned in your intro, you played on the victorious Walker Cup team in 1985. You defeated Colin Montgomery in the singles matches. When you see Colin out there on the Champions Tour now, is that is that a little something you still get an opportunity to needle him about?
1: Oh, you know what, Chris? I actually someone sent me a picture about a year ago um from that Walker Cup and it was Colin, obviously we both, you know, 30 gosh, more than 30, 35 plus years ago and we both look like such little kids and I showed him the picture. <laughs> I said, "Is that really you?" and it was yeah, we got we got a good chuckle out of it. Uh, Collins is a good man though.
0: Guys, you got to represent the country on two Ryder Cup teams as well back in the early 2000s. In 2002, we we lost a close one. Curtis Strange was our our US captain at the time. You were paired with a great friend of this show, Hal Sutton in the afternoon foursomes on Friday, and you guys defeated Darren Clark and Thomas Bjorn two and one and later you defeated Lee Westwood two and one in the Sunday singles matches. What do you remember about that experience in particular? What's it like in your first Ryder Cup match to be on the first tee and try to pull the club back?
1: Um, you know, to be quite honest with you, it was the greatest. I played I was lucky enough to play two Ryder Cups and it's it's the greatest event in golf. Um you know, I'm a huge football fan, but I, you know, I, I want to say it's the greatest event in sports. Um, it's just so cool. And, um, I was lucky because I was just so excited to be there, so happy and thrilled to be on the representative the United States that I really wasn't nervous. I was like, I had the biggest smile on my face and I was so jacked up, excited, fun that I wasn't nervous. I was like, man, it doesn't get any better than this. So, That's always the way I looked at it. Um, you know, I played pretty good in the two Ryder Cups I played in because I think I didn't really feel the pressure. I just felt like, man, this is the pinnacle um you know, for for televised golf and, you know, for golf entertainment and all that. The Ryder Cup was the pinnacle and I was just like so lucky and happy to be a part of it that why would you be nervous? I mean if you're nervous about it then then you know, what do you what have you been working for? So I think most guys now appreciate how much fun it is and how cool it is to be on a team. And there is nerves, but there's also a tremendous appreciation and a great excitement and enjoyment about being a part of one of those teams.
0: Yeah, so let's take that a, a, a step uh further. You won your singles matches in both Ryder Cup appearances and the Walker Cup. Talk about Harnessing that energy, harnessing that adrenaline, and what about being on that stage brought out the best in you?
1: Um, well, I mean, obviously, uh, like every professional, you're a competitor. Um, but when you get into a, a situation where you're, you're, you feel like you're being rewarded for uh, being there because it's such a great stage that you know, if your attitude's not great for playing in one of those, then you're probably doing the wrong thing. You probably need to be doing something else. Um and if you can't enjoy playing in a Ryder Cup, then uh you definitely need to be doing something else. So, um I, I really think that was it. I was just both times I played and I played a couple of Presidents' Cups too, which is a, a great event. Not the same as the Ryder Cup, but it's um it's still equally fun, uh, but man, it's just, that's kind of what you play for, to be, uh, part of a team and recognized on a team that's the best players in the world. So, um I think, I think that, uh, my good friend Captain Stricker last year kind of employed that to all his guys that, hey, listen, uh, you deserve to be here. You're the best players in the world. Go out and enjoy all these people pulling for you. And, you know, and we did great. So, um, it's a big attitude thing. And, and, uh, if you enjoy it as much as you probably should, probably play pretty good.
0: Speaking about it's what you play for. And you had seven top 10 finishes in majors from 2001 to 2011, including a tie for fourth at the 2001 PGA Championship here in Atlanta at the Atlanta Athletic Club. Talk about being in the mix in a major, and it sounds like you were never nervous because that's what you were supposed to do.
1: Well, I, I wouldn't the, say the individual events for a little It's all you, and you're all putting that extra... Uh, I never felt near as excited, or I shouldn't say excited, but as comfortable and, and, uh, kind of happy about being there as I was during a Ryder Cup. Um, I mean, of course, I was very happy, but you know, everybody puts pressure on themselves in a different way. Um, and obviously I, I won the US amateur, but I never won a professional major. So I, I can't sit here and tell you that I know what that's like. And if that would bring greater joy, I think maybe winning the masters might bring greater joy than playing in a Ryder Cup but I've never done it so I don't know but um uh you know it's it's different it's just totally different when you're on a, a a team that you've been building to make for a year or two and you're with your you know 10 or 12 closest peers um for a week and you're try and you're playing for the United States of America um that's a different That's a different level of motivation and a different level of uh, focus and and determination than when you're playing as an individual.
0: Scott, if you could get a mulligan and go back and play a different swing in any one of those majors where you finished in the top 10 over that decade of 01 to 11, which one would you like another shot at?
1: Oh, the the, uh, 2011. TGA at the Atlanta Athletic Club, um, on the set, on the 71st hole, which was the 17th hole on Sunday, Keegan and I were tied, um, going to that hole. And I, you know, I was 47 years old and facing wrist surgery within a couple of months. I didn't know, necessarily know it at the time, but I was kind of beat up, but, um, we got on 17 and, and uh, I said, you know what? I gotta go with the flag and it was that little tuck pin on the left there, not much room and I hit I was kinda in between clubs and I uh went with I went with the seven iron, trying to hit kind of a three quarter shot instead of a say kind of ripping an eight iron and I I just pulled it about two yards and it hit the rocks, went in the water, Keegan blew it out there forty feet right of the hole, uh, and made the putt. And I'm thrilled that I finished fourth, but that was the I kind of said, you know what? If I'm ever going to win a major, I'm I'm already old and crap beat out of me, and I'm I'm 47 years old, so I'm like, dude, well, I can't back down now. <laughs> so I went for it, and you know, I, made, I ended up making double, hard to last hole, and finished fourth, which was still pretty good. But that would be the one shot that uh, if I could do it again, I would either think clear. With the 7-iron, I would just get up there and say, all right, it's kind of, you know, all out with an 8-iron and kind of stuff it and win the golf tournament. So, But, hey, I'm lucky that I had that chance, so there's really no regret.
0: Got just a couple more before I let you go. And you guys have a couple of majors coming up on the Champions Tour, starting with the Regents Tradition this week at Greystone Golf and Country Club over in Birmingham. How do you feel about your game and your opportunity this week?
1: Well, I, I, I don't feel terrible about my game. I actually had shoulder surgery in September of last year for a nerve problem. So I'm about 70% back to full strength, but I've been showing signs of moving forward. So, um, I still got a ways to go. Uh, but listen, I'm, uh, I enjoy competing and it's going to be warm here, so that's going to help me if I kind of get everything, all my ducks in a row. Then, um, I played nine holes today with Stricker and Furick, so I kind of know what I'm up against. Um, and if I get all my ducks in a row, then, you know, I may have a chance. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Then you guys have a week off, and then it's off to Penn Harbor, Michigan for the senior PGA at Harbor Shores Resort. You've got Two majors in the span of three weeks sandwiched, you know, in between an off week. Do you like that? Do you like having the almost back to back majors with an off week in between? Do you like to have more time off between majors because it's a, a mental grind? What do you think about this three week stretch of two majors?
1: Well, um, you know what? In all honesty, it's, it's okay. Um, <clears throat> Chris, I'm actually doing uh television next week at the PGA at Southern Hills, and then I am not playing the senior PGA because my youngest of four children is graduating high school. <clears throat> so I'm going to do uh television for ESPN next week, and then I'm going to sit at home and watch my daughter graduate during the senior PGA, so I'm actually feeling great about that week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As you should. Good for her. Good for you. Scott, before I let you go, let our listeners know, how can we stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, whether it's following you online or it's on social media?
1: Well, I'm not a huge uh, Twitter or Instagram person, but if you really, really, really want to know what's going on uh, with me, you can always find out, but I'm not going to tell you how. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If we can always find, if we can always find out, but we can't find, figure out how, then I you guess we're out, out alone.
1: Right, yeah, hey, so. watch television, watch television next week. Um, <laughs> I will be doing the, the best group every single day on ESPN. So, uh, I'll let you know. I mean, that'll, that'll tell you how I'm doing, but I don't know, Chris, I'm, I'm not a, a, uh, I'm too old to, to learn now. So I just kind of like, yeah, I'll let my kids figure out all the, Social media stuff for me. Um, but okay, occasionally, I'll tweet when there's something really important comes up. But um, kind of like, you know what? I just do me and go from there.
0: Good for you, Scott. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of the show. I hope we get the privilege of catching up with you again soon in between now and then. Congratulations to your daughter. All the best to
1: you and your family. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you having me on. Take care, Scott. Catch up soon. Okay. That is the great Scott Verplank. And, and folks,
0: a tremendous amateur career and a really good PGA career. And I'm looking forward to listening to him describe the action next week at, uh, at the PGA Championship. Because Scott's a, a wonderful analyst and announcer. Um, He's just a, he's a really good guy and I, I root hard for him. I, I watched him a little bit up on the driving range here at TPC Sugarloaf when he was here in town. And, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does at the, at the tradition this weekend. And then as that shoulder continues to heal up, I got a feeling we're going to see Scott at the top of leaderboard on the champions tour again here really soon. So hopefully a little bit later this summer, we get the opportunity to catch up with him, see how he's feeling. And he's got a win or two under his belt by then. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Tee. My sincere thanks again to Tom Patrick, Keith Hirschland, Linda Harto, and Scott Verplank for joining me tonight. Scheduled to join me next week are one of the top golf course designers anywhere on the planet, Bill Bergen. will be back. You guys know Bill as one of the co-designers of the Macklemore. So hope to get a little insight from Bill. And gain a little more advantage over my buddies for next week. One of the most positive people on the planet. Former Tour Pro Chip Beck will also be back. One of the top 100 instructors in the game. Debbie Doniger will also be here. And another one of the top instructors in the game. And a great friend as well. Kevin Roman will be back on the show as well. So it's going to be a great one, folks. I hope you'll come back and join me and be a part of it. You can listen to this show as a podcast on just about every major podcasting app including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast.co, Boom, Player.fm, and Podbean. Please check out our website next on the to stay up to date with what our guest schedule looks like. Plus, there are links to recent episodes and individual segments there for you as well. So whether you've got 20 minutes or two hours, we've got content available for you on our website. Folks, I can't thank you enough for continuing to choose to listen to this show I know you've got a lot of great golf podcasts out there to listen to. I certainly appreciate the fact that you continue to make Next on the Tee one of them. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.